0: This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello and welcome to Line Dance Podcast. What is
1: your name? Well, my name is Kelly Gillette.
0: And what is your primary role in the line dance community?
1: Well, originally, I choreograph line dances Mm. and I helped a number of people who later became very popular of writing the step descriptions because they didn't know how Mm. and I knew how to do that because I had been dance directors for a couple of the uh, shall we say primary dance studios in the United States and although they had things written up sometimes when you went to teach it you had a just simple Basic turn, and they had a whole page for it. And I said, ah, We don't need that. And I just cut it down to a paragraph. And so I, I wrote a number of articles for different uh, country western uh, publications for about 20 or 30 years till they all disappeared. You know, and that's where that picture came that I showed you. That was in one of those uh, newsletters or newspapers, whatever you want to say.
0: And that's a, a picture of you walking poolside
1: with an ocelot. That's right. That's well, an ocelot. What can you tell me about? this Ocelot. Okay, you always think about leopards and things because they're big, big animals. And if you think about a leopard or you think about a lion, you think about a big cat. Now, let's just assume that that cat got shrunk down from whatever the poundage of a cat. And ocelots come from South America and different parts of the countries. depends on how pretty they are. And they weigh, well, the males weigh anywhere from 25 maybe to 50 pounds. And the females weigh about 18. And they look very much like the Margay, which is almost the same animal, but I don't know why there's a difference. They look alike. And the cats start with stripes on the back, and then they end up with little polka dots, and their coloring is yellow, but the belly ends up white. And so they look they they look like leopards. Their faces look like cats, but they have buggy eyes. Hmm. And their front legs are not like pussy cats because they kill things and they bring it to eat. So naturally, they're going to pull it along. Whereas our cats are just like this. with the, Our cats are with the paws together on mm. that. I forget that we're online on this and I'm giving you all kinds of stuff. Whatever you want. And
0: uh, how did you end up with an ocelot, just <laughs> out of
1: curiosity? <laughs> well, it's a funny story. I did not know that uh, the... What of the... Uh, Panda bears Mm -hmm. in the black and white ones. Everything I saw with those little toys and everything. So I asked a fellow who was a head veterinarian at one of the big, big uh, zoos and things, and I said, You know, I'd really like one of those. Well, he said that's dumb. They don't have them and they're $35,000, blah, blah. So then I said, well, you know, I've always wanted a cheetah. I just love cheetahs. And I have friends that have uh, zoos and things like that. And so a friend of mine had one as a pet. And I said, no, I live in an apartment. I can't do that. Well, I'm in Chicago doing uh, some promo work for um, uh, different things. And there was a man there called Bernie Hoffman. And he had a super circus uh, show on Saturday. And I'm in doing some stuff in one room, and he's there doing promos for his Super Circus show, uh, not show, excuse me, store. And I'm talking to him, and he said, you know, I've got something you may like, it's coming in next week. So the next time I went to Chicago, I went to his store, and he had this little ocelot, the ugliest thing I ever saw. Oh, God, that cat was ugly. It was gray, and it it its stripes and things all kind of went together. And I said, no, I don't think I want that. Well, as I got ready to go out of the store, the cat roared. Mm. And my husband says, "Ah, why don't you take it? So Bernie said to me, if you want this cat, do me a favor. Take it home and keep it for a while because you're coming back in three or four weeks. And so I got it home. And in a week, it changed its coloring, just like leaves do on a tree. And... Ah, The cat was going up the walls and just, I didn't like it. And I was going to take it back. But it happened to have picked one of those little round things that you have, a doorstop. There was a little rubber thing that's on the edge of the doorstop. And he uh, ate that. And so he's kind of rolling around. And I took him to the vet. And the vet told me that if it doesn't come out, you know what I mean by come out, Mm. we'll have to cut him open. Well, all the time he was ill, that was three or four days. That cat didn't leave my sight. I mean, that was just like my arm, my leg, my head, you name it, it was. So he did get rid of it. So then I took him back up when I went to burn And We did part on the radio show, TV show and all. And that cat was the most gorgeous thing, not only in colors, But he did not know he was an exotic cat. Mm. He would fetch things just like a dog. He swam. Um, Little cats don't, but exotics do swim. And every time I went someplace or anything, he was right there. And I got to the point where I traveled with him all the time. And we did not use him in shows. I did use him in um, uh, style shows. And one time you'll find this funny. They have the platform where the girls work went back and forth boy listen to my words uh, where the ladies walked back and forth and the people were eating well i didn't do it but uh, one of the girls said well can i take the cat and i said sure so i put the ocelot up, up there and she walked down to the end of, this, of the thing and there is this table and there happened to be a plate with some lettuce on it well they eat lettuce and this cat just stepped down and ate the lettuce. And, you know, everybody is scared to death. He gets back up on there, turns around, looks at everybody, like, well, what do you know? Came back. And, all, and it was hilarious because of the fact this is an exotic animal. And there's a lot of stories I could tell you, but you don't want to hear all of them. We'll be here for days.
0: Well, you mentioned uh, that you've gone around tra- traveling. You mm-hmm. mentioned promos. Was this all involved uh, or related with the dance
1: world? hmm Well, both. Um, I had a dance studio under one of the name brands mm. and then I became dance director for that particular area. Then my husband got tired of the area and everything and he said, let's go to Vegas. So we moved to Vegas. When I came to Vegas, I really did not intend to go back in the dance business. I was going to dance in-the-show type thing. And, of course, I'm too short for that, but at that time they had lounge acts. And I messed around with that a little bit, and I did a little bit of it, but nothing to any extent. And I just didn't like the hours and the noise, and also I didn't do that. And I did, when I was uh, 16 and 17, I did dance professionally with a group out of Indiana, which was called the Orpheum Group. And what they did is they did shows in places like, uh, I'm trying to think, the the Moose Lodge and lodges like that on the weekends. So I we would leave on Friday and we would dance Friday and Saturday night, do that show, and then we'd come back home. So I did that for two or three years. Then my first time of really dancing, what one would call professional, was my mother lived in Chicago. My folks were uh, divorced at that time. I was living in Indiana, and I would I went up to visit my mother one time, and she was working for like Vogue magazine or something like that. I can't really call what the magazine was. But anyway, she had a friend that uh, owned one of the little bars in in Evanston, Illinois. And what they had was they would have this little show, and they'd have this little floor. It wasn't very big, and the tables around it, and a little stage, and not always a stage. And they had three or four girls that were the chorus line, And they had a comedian and then they had a singer and this and that. So I went and I tried out for it. I didn't expect to get it, but I did. And everything was fine because of the fact, this was very amusing, because of the fact that the girls in those lines were all the gangster's girlfriends. Mm -hmm. And I was the only dancer so I would forget and I'd kick high and they'd say quit kicking so high because the girls couldn't kick high mm-hmm. and of course I wasn't there to live because I was. Uh, this was in the summer or in the vacations when I was uh, 17 I think it was so I'd get kicked off and I'd go home and I'd get a phone call and they'd say hey can you come up we lost one of the girls well I'd go up they didn't change the choreography all they did was change the music and the costumes and all so if it was a cha-cha the next uh, time, we were doing a waltz, but we still had the same routine. So that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got into professional dancing. And then, as I said, I got into the ballroom dancing when uh, I was uh, like 18 or so. Mm-hmm. And uh, okay. I had taken dance lessons from the age of three. And when I was about 14, I was actually mm, helping out a little uh and so I got my lessons free and so that kind of kept me in it and then after I got out of uh, a regular uh dancing and into professional dancing um I got into the ballroom dancing and i never kept up with with the professional dancing it's not that ballroom dancing isn't professional but let's change that the theater arts and the ballroom bit and that just went over the years and then um when country western came in uh, i just normally got into that because i had friends in oklahoma and in texas and they liked what was happening in the line dance and in the uh, couple's dance, the two-step and all like that. And they invited me to come down and learn how to do it. And so I got involved with it. I was at Gillies in Texas and all like that. And then most of the time from this, even though we had a dance studio here in Vegas, um, we I didn't do too much except I became, you know, like judges, different places and all like that. And I went around and taught classes. But in 1960, there was a dance that came out that was called The Twist. Mm. Well, a friend of mine who was also one of our uh, students had a little club here in Las Vegas, and he'd had a show in it it wasn't doing very good. And he said, well, I'd like you to come and choreograph that and put it together. So he took he and his wife took me to San Francisco, came back to Las Vegas, and I choreographed this show. I was in it for about a year and a half. Uh, basically, it was my show. And uh, then after that time, I, well, I'm, I, I'm going faster than this. I put the show together. I was in it, and it was called Kelly Gillette and the Candy Cane Twisters. And, of course, I think Peppernut Lounge or something like that was what the original one was called. So for the next seven, eight years, I trained go-go dancers. And we had a talent agency, and so consequently I would train them and then book them out. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing on that, this one fella had a bar, and in his bar for the liquor and everything, it was kind of around, well, more egg-shaped. Mm-hmm. And in the center was a platform where he had all of his uh, liquor bottles, and he had a pole, because it's something to do with the construction of the, of the building. And he wanted a girl to come and be a go-go dancer there. And since I was training him, had a studio and all, so... I looked around, and one of the girls I had could do some acrobatics. So I and she, or she and I, however you want to say that, put together kind of an idea with the pole. And I trained her how to use the pole. So there's a good friend of mine in... The UCWDC named Jeff Bartholomew, who was president for it and put it together many years ago, said that I invented pole dancing only because I certainly didn't, but he tells everybody I did. So, you know, it goes on that.
0: And what is your relationship with uh, UCWDC and um, what is
1: NTA? All right. The (laughs) National Teachers Association is the NTA. Mm -hmm. And the basic concept of that is to train people to dance properly, to train people to use the proper uh, terminology and descriptions and the UCWDC is a United Country Western Dance Council. NTA was put together in 1980 UCWDC put together in 1990 maybe uh, one year before that and they put on uh, competitions all over the world and I don't have a competition, but most of the people that put that together were friends of mine, and they said, well, we would like you to be part of the UCWDC, and I said, I don't have an event, and they said, well, that's all right, you're the only one that doesn't have an event, so they brought me in more or less to help out with the training of the judges, which I do, and... uh, test them the same as we do in the forms of the NTA we train people and we have certain um, divisions that they can work on and get certificates for it so I am on the uh, uh, I'm trying to think how to put this I'm on the judge certification uh, uh, committee for the UCWDC and they do all the stuff putting together. Uh, the, we train the judges and we test the judges. And then I'm on the rules committee. And then they have what they give out every year is what they call the Hall of Fame Award. And I receive that also along the line. And with both the NTA and the UCWDC, I've traveled all over the United States and Canada and all over Europe. Um, both judging at events and training uh, both the the judges and the teachers with the NTA and the UCWDC. Does that make sense? Well, sometimes I get to rattling on and I forget (laughs) what I'm going to say and I think of something else coming along.
0: The word came to me that I was looking for. Before uh, we had an uh, issue with the memory card, I had a moment to, to collect and to think, And I'm curious, what is the most accurate timeline that you can give of line dance in the United States and the world from, let's say, the 70s to now? Or if you can can pinpoint some times before then of note in the line dance world, I would be interested to to hear about those as well. Because different people have different versions of how things got circulated and what countries... Uh, made it big, and you know what uh, music artists, what choreographers, so who have been the main players uh, from then till now? How did it all happen?
1: Well you know where line dancing started, don't you? The Indians do line dancing mm. uh, the Japanese do line dancing, they have all the geishas out girls out there doing these little lines, and the people that come uh, it depends on how high they are up if they're just hardly anybody there's just a few of them if it's a big wig then the place is packed with them now you have uh round dances and square dances they have some line dances in them but most of these people don't call them line dances they're just part of their normal repertoire and in the i'm trying to think of this i believe all of the country western, if this is what you're into, all the country western started uh, in Texas with uh, Dravolta's What was the name of the movie that he did? Saturday, not Saturday Night. Urban, Fe- Urban Cowboy. Yes, uh, it happened about then. There was this group out of Houston, Texas. Let's call them the Jet Set. They got bored with the twists and the disco and all like that. And this one fellow owned a bar, and he decided, well, why don't we do something a little different? So the actual two-step is nothing more than what the Arthur Murray Studio calls in their Foxtrot as their basic magic step, which is a forward, forward, and side together. Well, that's called bronze. And then if you do that same step, but you don't go side together, you go forward, which is slow, slow, quick, quick. That's called continuity. <coughs> Excuse me. That's silver. We won't go into gold. But anyway, they decided, well, hey, you know, this one fellow, I can't think of his name right now, said, well, why don't we do the continuity style and just call it two-step? So they called it slow, meaning two beats, slow, meaning two beats, quick, quick, six counts. Well, that went over pretty good. Then California got in. I don't like that. I don't like this. So we're going to change it to quick, quick, slow, slow. So most of the world does the quick, quick, slow, slow, but the part of Texas, which is Houston and Dallas and then through there, they still go slow, slow, quick, quick. So now we get into line dancing. They had, this fellow that had the bar decided that he wanted people to learn how to do this two-step in a, around in a circle. So he built the, uh, a fence around the dance floor. and. That was where you danced. You didn't dance in the center. You danced around this fence. So then they said, well, how about something a little different? So they went in and they did shottishes. Now, shottishes in the uh, European countries is uh, run, 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 scoot, run, 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 scoot, and then four scoots. Now, they didn't want to do it that way. So they did side, cross, behind, side, scoot, side, cross, behind, scoot, 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 scoot. Well, from then they said, well, let's do something a little different. And line dances had been around in different forms for a long time. I can't just give you a definite date and a definite place. So there was a girl by Betty Ruth White, and she was the one that more or less got line dancing started all over the United States. And this would have been in 1977, I think it's about when uh, Urban Cowboy came this fly is driving me nuts. Oh, yeah, we have uh, we have a couple of flies who have come in through the side doors today. I hope
0: they brought their name badges. <laughs> we're going to have to kick them out.
1: So anyway, she was the one that uh, actually started it. So then they decided, well, gee, why don't we do some of these and put together? Why don't we chlorograph different things? So the freeze, which many people call the electric slide, and I can't think of the names of them, but there were four or five of the... Of the uh, dances that came out at that time that became very very popular some of the dances were taken off of round dances in uh the the, uh, square dance and round dance group and they just instead of finished it they just cut them in half and then slowly but sure everybody in the country decided to open a bar on every corner like here in las vegas this is not a dancing town And I worked with people, and I would say we had 15 bars in this town. Now, this is not a dancing town. I'm repeating myself. And I more or less trained the teachers a little bit, and so they said, oh, we'll have Mary Smith come, and she'll teach from 7 to 8 some of these line dances, and then we'll dance. And they usually danced to uh, cam music. They didn't have uh, live music. So slowly but surely but quick, And when I say slowly but surely, I mean slowly but surely, people got the idea that everybody jumped on the bandwagon and every city in the United States had four or five, six. Even some little tiny towns had four or five bars. Well, for many years, this was pretty good. But then country western began to slide down. And I'm going to give you an opinion. Here in Vegas, we have two places. We have Stoney's and then we have the hotel Uh, Treasure Island, which uh, Tim Perez, which is a very good friend of mine, one of the master dancers in the UCWDC, is uh, teaching there. He and his sister. And they're very knowledgeable. I'm not going to tell you what I've heard about Stoney, so (laughs) we'll leave that part go. And so that's all we've got left in Vegas. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of towns that that's away, But we have a lot of people in the world, especially in the United States, you have these uh, senior centers. And we have a lot of the elder people, mainly women, who teach line dancing in these senior centers. So that keeps it going. But those people do not go out and dance. They just dance there for recreation, and meeting, <clears throat> meeting people, and, and uh, exercise and stuff. I would say, Starting in 1989, when the UCWDC, United Country Western Dance Council, started putting together these competitions that that sort of helped keep Country Western around. And they don't do a lot of line dancing, but they have what they call, uh, what is it, Rising Star and Master Star superstars okay the superstars that particular part of the contest and let me explain let me go back the contest is made up with two different systems one of them is for couple dances and one of them is for line dances and they have uh all forms you can start with i don't want to go into that i'll be here for a half hour but anyway uh these superstars Those are people who are in the line dance world, and they are actually master dancers in their uh, particular form of dance. And this has kept line dancing going because they themselves are doing line dance, even though they're doing it individually. They're still doing line dance. So consequently, uh, I believe the UCWDC, and there's one other one I can't think of, let me think, in Texas, ACDA, I think. American Country Dance Association and it's mainly in Texas uh, Missouri um, in that area and they have a lot of contests but it's all in that area they are not all over the world like the UCWDC they're in Europe and in Asia and places like that so I'm getting a little off track here but the actual beginning of line dance in country western was with this and I think it's Mary Ruth White. Boy, I was just looking at that this morning. But anyway, uh, if I can think of it, I'll send it to you. You can add it in. Uh, she, a very good-looking little gal, she uh, went around and did a lot of uh, teaching of the line dancing. And I know here in Vegas we had uh, Sid Teresa's ex-husband, Nico. He had a big uh, workshop, and I taught... Uh, some Latin dancing at it and some other people came in and uh, taught different forms of dance besides theater arts and she taught country western and that really pushed it because Nico had a very large convention or whatever you call workshop on it and then it just blew over all over the country and then Europe got uh into it and then it went there and of course Japan has always had something similar to that not necessarily the geisha girls but the idea of doing it in workshops and things and they didn't go out and dance it but they had uh it's like going to ballet class they had a lot of classes like that is that anything like... But what blasted! I can't talk. Excuse me. Is that anything like you've heard? <coughs> I definitely didn't know the specifics. Um, the
0: timeline sounds about right. And as somebody who has seen all of that firsthand, what do you think of some of the changes that have happened since then? Like with these big 1,500-plus-person events that we have just for this specific form of dance and all the different countries that have taken it up, the ones who take it so seriously and want it to be a legitimate art form you know, of the body, and all the different genres of music that are being used now, with phrased and tags and all these things, what, what are your thoughts on that? And if you had just a giant billboard for all of us in the line dance world to see, something you would want to broadcast, uh, what what would you want to say on that? What would you want us to be thinking about or doing? So, two-part question, I guess, there. What are your thoughts on it, and what would you like to, to say out to all You don't us? want to
1: sit here for another two hours. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, uh, when line dancing came out originally uh, with the, the, the Texas group I told you about, this was in the late 1970s, and you had the country music. A lot of it was <laughs> twangy and all and people didn't like that music but they liked the dancing so they got involved well slowly but surely all of the big stars went into rock and they got rid of the twangy thing well people were happy about that so then they enjoyed the dancing much more and then slowly but surely the dancing itself has come up from just a basic sidestep or forward step or a little turn or whatever it is until really nice movement And a lot of the dancers that do line dancing actually could dance professionally in some of the things that you see on TV because they've learned how to use their belt, I'll get it out, bodies properly, and they've learned how to use their arms and their feet, and they understand choreography, they understand the feeling of the music, and they uh, they know how to show it. And so as I said, I believe a lot of them could. Um, I had some girls in my studio that went this is a long time before that uh, that went out and ended up with, uh, well one of them ended up with, uh, oh great I'll think of it later Um, he had his special Golden Girls type of thing Mm -hmm. oh he was with uh, we won't go to that, it'll come back to me at 12 o'clock tonight, I'll (laughs) remember it was, but they were, he these girls were able from my studio of learning how to ballroom dance, able to go out and dance professionally. And I believe that uh, a lot of the movements and things that I see with Joanna uh, Twain and all those people, and the, the things that are done behind her in her uh, videos and all, and I could go on, on all these stars. And, and all of that stuff is really good. And of course, Michael Jackson had a lot to do with it too. And he brought in the body movement. Bob Fossey, who was the top choreographer in many, many years ago, was married to Gwen Veron, And she couldn't get a, a job dancing because of the fact that she did all the gyrations, which we do in line dancing, and which uh, people are doing if you watch TV, the shows and all. And she did, if any of your people are older, they'll remember... He put on a show in uh, Broadway on Broadway that was called Pajama Game, mm-hmm. and he put her in it. Another one was Chorus Line, and he put her in that, and she became a movie star and a whole bit on that. Well, you see, she just fell into it because even though her husband had all of these ends, they wouldn't hire because they didn't want anybody rattling around looking like a belly dancer and all like that. And then line dancing has moved into a good form because not only is it a relaxation, not only is it a place for people to go, especially people who do not have husbands or wives or girlfriends or boyfriends, and it's good for shy people because of the fact they're dancing alone and they don't have to push If they're male, they don't have to push the girls around and the girls don't have to get stepped on. So that helps. And line dancing is really a, a very good way of expressing yourself. You have a line dance that is choreographed as a simple move one way or the other. But if you don't like that move, You can put other stuff in it, as long as you stay with the beat and as long as you stay with the basic concept of what the choreographer wants. And this gives people a chance to let themselves out, to put forth what they feel. Maybe they had no clue. Maybe they've never danced before. And this gives shy people an opportunity to dance and to feel accepted. And it gives people who are really extroverts a chance to get out there and show off. So it's just wonderful. And nowadays, the music is so good. And it isn't that twangy stuff, which I said a few minutes ago. And the music is great. And it makes you want to dance. And it, it, it makes you, well, you sing in the shower, And you're watching television, you see them moving around, and you're dancing around. Little kids of two or three, four years old are dancing in front of the the TV all the time. And what they do is exactly what older people do in line dancing. But you don't think about it because you just think, oh, they're cute little kids. But our bodies tell us what to do. Our bodies want us to move. And line dancing gives you an opportunity to do that. I don't know if I've carried that through what you exactly wanted, but I got carried away myself here. That's all right. Um,
0: what would be the best way if people had like follow-up questions for you and, and um, they had questions that they would like to contact you about? What is the best way for people to contact you?
1: Okay, my name is Kelly Gillette. I'm president of the National Teachers Association. And if you go online with NTADance.com, it is our website and it has my uh, phone number and it also has my email number and people can contact me. It's easier with the um, email because I'm really not home that much for the phone call. But if you call maybe in the afternoon, not in the morning because i got yoga classes and all kinds of classes in the morning. In the afternoon, Vegas time, uh, I'm usually free and can answer the phone. Okay. And you mentioned that you've choreographed.
0: A two-part question. Are there any dances of yours that we should look up? And if there is one dance that you would recommend everybody go out and learn right now
1: one what of mine
0: well, oh any any dance uh old new by others or yourself
1: oh dear i choreographed dances in the early very 80s one of them i don't even remember them but somebody tells me every now and then that this dance was a cha-cha something or the other and you choreographed that i said oh did i and, but i don't recall that and it's just the fact that when you when you become a little older and you've done a lot of things, certain things get pushed in the back and you don't really recall them. Like I was, Betty Ruth White, that was that girl's name. Uh, I, I mean, you just don't recall all of them. And then, as I said, at Midnight Tonight, you think about it. But I can't give you a name of any dance that's done now. And the dances that were done originally are really what one would call square, you know. I mean, they're just very basics, like the, uh, my dear little freeze, which you all call the uh, electric, excuse me, the electric slide. The dance that I would call now would be one that moves well to the music, makes you feel good, lets you let your, your, you're able to express yourself through it, And the patterns and the foot patterns and all are nice, but they're not so intricate that you got to think about them when you're dancing. And as I said, I do not do that much in line dancing anymore. So consequently, I'm not up on all the dances. I watch the dances and I see one that's good and somebody will tell me the name of it and I forget what it is because of the fact that I'm not involved with it anymore.
0: Okay. Well, are there any choreographers that you would recommend that we look to as having
1: great examples of safe and fun movements? Well, there's a lot of choreographers out there, and I'm going to be a little witchy right now. Uh, I have problems with the choreographers because all my students and clients and friends have problems with the choreographers, and mainly it's because they don't research the terms, and when they do a move that they don't know the name of, they call it Mary Smith or Tom Smith, and we have a lot of that, and I could be here for another hour going on that. I get a little irritated with that, mainly it's because I've been around a long time. But in the NTA, we have spent 30 years researching all that stuff. And it's there if anybody wants it. it we don't say, hey, you can't take it. Everything we have in NTA is open for anybody. I think Joe Thompson is probably one of the best, and of course, I know Joe for many, many years also. <laughs> she may not remember, but I helped kind of put her into all of this. But Joe knows what she's doing. And I'm trying to think, there's so many of you guys that are pretty good, but just (laughs) offhand, uh, I haven't... There used to be a fellow, what was his name? That was a long time ago, and his dances were were very simple. At the present time, I really do not uh, keep up with all the choreographers. One of them will, uh, once in a while, call me on something. And I remember him or her, but outside of that, I can't give you a definite. What? But I'm going to stick with Joe. Great, that sounds like a, a recommendation
0: I would second. Okay, well, thank you so much for sitting down and chatting at length with uh, with myself and and the podcast about line dance. Uh, any any final thoughts before
1: we uh, head back out to lunch? And what? Oh, you asking for final thoughts? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you give me another hour here. <laughs> uh, what? Are you referring to when you say final thoughts? Final thoughts on what? I'll just.
0: Um, how do you feel about the event? About the state of line dance? Um, about the flies that have been buzzing around the room? <laughs> anything Anything in all that's on your mind right now that you want to be sure that um, that we touch on before we go?
1: Okay. Uh, what's the name of this
0: event? Vegas Dance Explosion yeah, thank by you. Doug and Jackie Miranda is our right. host of today. I had never
1: met them. I had heard about this uh, uh event for years because it's here in vegas Mm -hmm. and uh john robinson had an event here two or three years and um it was a small event and i heard how large this event was and I have never participated in it before. This is my first time to it. And from what I can see and looking at all the choreographers and everything, uh, I think they've done a very good job. And I like the way the setup is. Um, the big room, which is open for people to eat and, and to sit and dance. And, and they do have workshops in there, don't they? Yeah. So on that... And so far, the workshops that I have seen, of course, I've got to be real specific right here, uh, John Lindo is a friend of mine from many years back, is one of the top West Coast swing dancers and teachers. There's been a lot of people come along, but he's a heavy man, but boy, can that man move. Mm-hmm. And he, I was watching him, I watched two or three of the different uh, uh, teachers this, this uh, weekend. Actually, it's not a weekend, it's a long week. Mm-hmm. Uh, his teaching is so good, and he gets things across. And I was really impressed, which I always am. And I, th- I looked at two or three others, and they were okay. But I guess I'm kind of prejudiced because I've known John for so long on that, you know. All right. Well,
0: thank you very much once again. And uh, I guess we'll see you on the dance floor. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> <laughs>